Welcome to Consequential Flowers Leadership Seeds Podcast Own Your Mind episode. I'm Jamie, founder of Consequential Flowers, and I'm honored to welcome our guest, Diane Benskoder. Diane has leadership seeds to plant with our members that can blossom into emotional strength in the workplace, really everywhere in life and starting right now. Diane is a transformational leader, expert in cult behavior, author, respected speaker, educator, and TED Talk presenter. She's founder of a new organization, Anecdote, a nonprofit that's devoted to addressing the dangers of misinformation and psychological manipulation in society. Her current work and information that she's sharing on our show about psychological manipulation is a culmination of Diane's intense lifetime learning journey. Her journey started when she was recruited into a cult herself at the age of 17, where she spent five years. And upon getting out of the cult, she spent five years as a cult deprogrammer, helping other people get out of cults. In addition to defining psychological manipulation as a public health problem, Diane has developed highly effective ways to combat it with education, support, and outreach. Her goals include preventing and reducing dangerous effects of psychological manipulation that these deceptive tactics have on individuals, families, and society. Today on Own Your Mind episode, Diane will be sharing her expertise on psychological manipulation around women and minorities in the workplace so that we can be emotionally stronger and prevent the harmful effects. To start, Diane, would you help us to understand what you mean by the term psychological manipulation? Sure. I think it's easiest to define what psychological manipulation is by taking you into my own story a little bit about how I learned about it. One of the key factors of it is that there's two things that have to be present. There has to be human vulnerability, which is not something to be ashamed of, We all have aspects of psychological vulnerability, and there has to be tactics used that take advantage of that vulnerability. So when I was 17, I was very idealistic, and I was in a small town, and I wanted to understand more about the big world out there. And so those aren't necessarily negative things, but those were things that made me feel like I didn't fit in my world, that that I needed to find something that some people or some place that understood me better. And those are human characteristics that many people have. They feel like maybe they're not one of the cool kids. They're not smart enough. They're not pretty enough. They're not strong enough. Whatever those conditions are that make us tell stories to ourselves about how we're not good enough, create a human vulnerability that others can take advantage of. And then the other half of that is that there are definitely people, organizations, and and political organizations that will try very hard to take advantage of human vulnerability, or even individuals in relationships can do that. And so when I speak of psychological manipulation, what I'm talking about is that tactics are intentionally used to 
take advantage of those parts of ourselves that we don't feel that good about. And when that happens, under cer- certain circumstances, it can evolve into a situation where we give our- ourselves completely and someone else or some organization or some system of control makes our decisions for us and defines how we feel about ourselves. That's really helpful. Diane, can you explain or help us understand how this can translate into the workplace for specifically we're talking about women? Yes, I recently was involved with a group called Nexium. You can look that up if you don't if you haven't heard about it, but it is a group that took advantage of women who a lot of times were trying to get into the movie industry and it's a very competitive industry and, and you have to look a certain way and, and be extremely talented and it's very competitive. And when I talked with those women and helped them understand how they were taken advantage of by this group, I thought a lot about the workplace and how this happens across across the board in for women and, and also people of color that oftentimes that messaging that I talked about, not feeling good enough talk, messaging that we talk to ourselves about is oftentimes what women experience in the workplace in that they feel like they're just not good enough. They don't know enough. They're not smart enough. They're not, they're not as good as their male or white counterparts. It's internalized racism, internalized sexism. But on the other side are people who oftentimes feel they have almost a birthright to have more access to the better jobs, the more money, more power, more time at the table to speak. Some of those kind of things happen in the workplace all the time where there's this con- attempt to take advantage of the messaging that women have received their whole life about not being good enough. And because we're so inundated with that, those messages, we often believe them and they're not true. So that's how it plays out, I think, in the workplace very often is that we just don't believe that what we have to offer is as good as the person next to us that may have less to offer than we do. Diane, that's extremely helpful. When we looked at the the leadership surveys that all of the women took before joining when they're invited to be members of the platform, we asked everyone to rate themselves from one to 100, 100 the highest, how much they could expect to teach uh, an experienced colleague of their team during their first year of work. And women expected themselves to average around 49. Um, So on a scale of zero to 100, they're already starting at a 49 and 33% of the the women, um, young women who, who took the survey were below 50. So we're already starting, um, young women are already starting at this, like only halfway there. If they're already there and then they get to the workplace, that would see, that would sounds to me like they, they could be vulnerable and then they 
would need to be on the lookout to identify if that vulnerability is being um, taken advantage of. Do you have ways that are tactics that are are the women and members of our of consequential flowers can can identify if if that's being used on them manipulation? Yeah, the the most important thing is self awareness to be aware of those areas where you feel that you're maybe not as good and truly really take a look at if those things are true or not. Most likely they're not. And I think, so self-assessment is one. And then another thing is to keep your eye on what you really have to offer and what you bring to the table. And I want to give you an example. As Jamie mentioned, I gave a TED Talk And it's pretty scary to step up on that TED stage. Everyone in the room, or at least I felt like everyone in the room were leaders in their field. There were movie stars. There were people who wrote the first human genome and just amazing human beings, amazing brains. And the way I was able to step out on that stage with confidence was to realize this was not about me. This this was not about about me as a person, it was about the work. And so when you go into a work setting with all of the training and education and experience you have, you have a lot to bring to the table and you have insights and understandings. And so keep your eye on that. Know that it's about the work. It's about what you bring to the table. And then your those messages about you not being good enough, is your hair looking good enough? Are you wearing the right outfit? Are you whatever it is that holds you back from being confident just kind of slips away because you realize that what you have to say in that moment is important and deserves to be heard. And so I think that's a way to to kind of overcome any kind of tactics that might be being used or any kind of vulnerabilities that you might have. It cuts right through the middle. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I, as you were speaking, um, I was synthesizing all those words, and the, the the two words that came to mind, my mind were fresh perspective. Everyone starting their first year of work is bringing a fresh perspective. And given the time that we are in right now, pretty much nothing that was done well before and succeeded before can be done the same way now. Um, there, I'm sure, are exceptions, but everything, every business needs to be rethought. Uh, every organization, as we're evolving in the fourth industrial revolution using technology and as COVID has come up, um, everything is different. So a fresh perspective is probably more important now than it's been since the last industrial revolution. Yeah, and we can see uh, that the solutions are needed. Fresh perspectives are needed. And I think it's been my experience that women and people of color, because they've been societally oppressed for so long, bring an extra strength to the table that actually surpasses what people who've had a lot of privilege bring. Because in most cases, they have a lifetime experience of having to try harder to be equal, to be treated equally. So it, it is an advantage 
and it is a perspective that not only deserves to be heard, but needs to be heard. That makes a lot of sense. It's very reassuring for for me personally to hear because I agree. I agree completely. It's our, it's our time now. And speaking of now, can you tell us, Diane, about the work that you're doing? Yeah, this is something I'm really excited about. Uh, I have, over the course of ta- of years, first of all, being involved in a religious cult in which I gave my entire heart and soul to for five years, believing that I had found the Messiah and that I was a disciple of Christ and then going through the deprogramming and realizing it was a lie and then having to rebuild my own self. Then spending so many years trying to help others and having many experiences of thinking about and working through what all this meant, I decided to build a solution that was lofty, but I believe necessary. And that is to think of psychological manipulation as a public health problem. And by that, I mean that it has become epidemic in proportion, the use of tactics of manipulation to take advantage of human vulnerability. It is used in marketing, it is used in politics, and it is used by those who are addicted to power and money to get more of those things. And so I felt the solution was threefold. One is to provide support services for people who want to leave extremist groups or to leave even relationships that are abusive or cults or recently QAnon and and Mega has been something I've devoted a lot of my time to. So people need a way to get out. They need support and their families need support. So I'm creating a mental health program, training mental health professionals to help those who are exiting and also support groups for family members and others who want to get out of those kind of situations. So that's one leg of the, of the three prongs. The other is to create relationships with other organizations to not compete with others who are doing similar work, but to know what they're doing so we can work together and share resources. So that's the second leg is, is collaboration, which I think is an important thing in all, all fields. And then the third is to create messaging that uses, takes advantage of technology and social media to try to reach people who are most vulnerable to being taken advantage of by lies and misinformation or by actively trying to create cult-like environments. So Antidote is the nonprofit organization that I've built to do those three things and with the lofty but I think realistic goal of reaching that tipping point where more people understand how these tactics of manipulation work than don't. And when we reach that point, I think those that try to take advantage of, of others' psychological situations will be less successful because it'll be more easily spotted. That's just such important work. And, and Diane, we always ask our, 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 everyone, we're here for each other. So you, you, we ask each other, how can we help? And you have given 
your time and preparation to help educate our community about protecting themselves about psychological manipulation in the workplace and, and starting at 100 in their perception of, of their own value and contribution and keeping it there. And that's that's life-changing from, from the moment they start we all start thinking about it. Um, in return, we want to ask you, like, how can our community help you? Thank you. Um, I think lots of ways in that we are just beginning to scale. We're a, a startup at this point, but I'm happy to report that I feel like we're getting really close to getting some significant funding. And as that happens, we'll be able to build these programs out. And technology is at the backbone of what we're doing. And so we'll be looking for volunteers and employees and consultants and uh, interns as we scale. And we'll need lots of help by people with expertise, like maybe listening to this, to help us understand how we can use technology more effectively. It it takes more than one person's vision. It, it takes help from all kinds of places to succeed at something like what Antidote is trying to do. So I look forward to hopefully hearing from some of you as I begin to post jobs and opportunities. It would be great to hear from you. And what we're going to do, Diana Consequential Flowers, is coordinate closely with Penn State and on our own platform for our members who are not at Penn State um, to make sure that any opportunities that are available are connected, are have are seen by the by the community. Um, I think what is so exciting about this is that we have such rich, broad um, reach through Penn State and, and our network, and specifically at Penn State, there's Information Sciences and Technology College, Health and Human Development, um, the, the College of Communications, that all are working on areas that are related to technology um, systems and data science, data analytics, social media messaging. Um, you touched on a, a lot of things. So what I think is rare um, is that you are by a many definition, by every definition, a, trans, a transformational leader. And, and the opportunity to work in an organization with a transformational leader on something so important um, would be a, a very nourishing place for someone who is passionate about what they've learned and the topic um, for that individual to bring a pre fresh perspective and be valued for having that fresh perspective. So that I think is rare when you have a tra transformational leader um, at an organization. And I, I would do, we'll do everything that we can, um, Consequential Flowers, to help identify matches uh, so that the organization can accomplish more and brings out the best in, in our community. Thank you. We will... Uh, make sure that we post, there'll be another article on Consequential Flowers with several links to a lot of different information from Diane. She has um, a lot coming up this year and we'll make sure that we follow everything that she's doing so we can continue to learn and to support her. Uh, Diane, thank you for your time and uh, we look forward to you continuing to engage with our community. Thank you. And thank you for creating this, Jamie. It's a wonderful idea and, and I think it will help many people.
uh, in your, in the field. Thank you.